Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. This is a weird week because this is probably the weirdest week we're going to be covering because of the selections, the three featured movies we are covering this week. One of them is called Benny Loves You. Was that correct, Bruce Berkey? Bruce Loves You, was that correct? Did I do it right? <laughs> yes, yes. Benny, Benny Loves You. Benny Loves You. The Holmes Truth. How, did we, how did Bruce do it? Okay, let me try it one more time. Benny Loves You. Bruce, your turn. Benny loves you. Eric Holmes, who did it better? Uh, it's kind. Of, I, I kind of like yours, Greg. Not gonna well, lie. Thank, it's, thank it's, you. It sounds like it sounds like you've been practicing that your whole life. <laughs> Benny loves you. This thank is, you, Eric this Holmes. Is to say take, not, this is not to disparage Bruce, but take I, that, Bruce. You get, you get a bit of the edge there. <laughs> oh, you shutter fanatic, Bruce Perky. I just got you on that. And Eric Holmes, who is your compadre? Oh, look at that. <laughs> He's taking out that <laughs> flamingo, whatever that. Is. Wait, Eric Holmes. You know what? I'm sorry, I left you out. You got to do it too. You, uh, three amigos. You got to stay it. Benny loves you. Benny loves you. I think I think Eric Holmes does it the best. What do you think, Bruce? Do you think Eric yeah, Holmes? Yeah, we knew he'd win. Come on, no he does joke. all those weird voices. He's very good, Eric Holmes. As Benny loves you. That's one of the movies that we're covering. The other one is a movie called. I keep calling it Underdogs, but it's called Under Gods. So that's another interesting movie. And finally, maybe I, I'm just gonna say rounding out with is it rounding out the rear bringing out the rear Bruce <laughs> is, what is that fine you what do whatever final... to the rear you want to do Craig. Oh, oh, your choice okay you want to round out the rear mo- i'm not going to judge you <laughs> eric holmes do you like do you like your movies fried or healthy and steamed how do you like your movies eric what's our third movie this week wow well, tell the truth i like anything fried <laughs> <laughs> You know, same here. My my fifty waistline gut says says uh, fried berry is on the menu tonight. So fried berry under gods and Benny loves you. I'm not. I want. I really was so. I really wanted to say Benny loves you again. In fact, this entire podcast listeners stop listening now because we're actually not going to be reviewing anything. We're just going to be saying Benny loves you five hundred <laughs> times over the span of forty minutes. So. <laughs> So, anyways, Eric Holmes, what's I said? This this might be our weird, weirdest week. Do you agree or do you take exception? Do you th- think that that's not a good assessment regarding what we have to? As far as the as far as the movies we saw, yes, I, yes. or just the uh, the uh, I hate to use the word, but the content that the, spills from our mouths, yeah, a little bit because of both, maybe <laughs> in in both instances, yes, in, in both instances, yes. <laughs> Bruce, but by the way, before I get to you, Bruce, we also have a Sydney Lumet episode that we actually we recorded earlier in the week. I just because look, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky, they're both good friends. They have not called a mediator or some kind of therapist. Thank you guys for not doing this because Eric Holmes, if you see the videos, currently laughing because he knows I'm going to admit the reason why I haven't put out that wonderful Sydney Lumet episode we did on Nightfalls on Manhattan in the pawnbrokers because I've, I've been addicted to Coinbase and crypto. I've been a cryptomaniac the last several weeks. Eric Holmes, I'm sorry. I get a, and, me a couple. Uh, yes. As long as we're teasing that, I believe yes. this is our first this is our first spoiler one we've done for a for a uh, director spotlight as well. Yes. Mm. Is it Very not? Good. We cuz yes. we did the Sydney Limit episode and then we have a special spoiler to go along with it. Very good. Which, yes. Which I was really fun to record. It yes. was. <laughs> yeah. It well, was value added for me. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Bruce Perky says value added, I'm not going to really divulge too much, but 
Bruce Perky had a couple of thoughts on the second movie, Night Falls on Manhattan. Over the discussion of the spoilers, his thoughts may have diverged or maybe appreciated or gone different ways. So that's interesting. And we also did The Pawn Broker. So Bruce Perky this week for our people watching on YouTube, he's called Bruce, he loves you. You know what that's in reference to. And the Holmes truth. I, I think this time, Eric Holmes, for our Find Your Film listeners, is that one of your recommendations this week? I don't even know what that movie yes. is. Yes, yes. It's, uh, okay. well, I'll uh, anti-tease. It's not actually called the Holmes truth. I added the little pun in there. <laughs> okay, a little pun. And then also rounding out the rear or bringing out the rear is Bruce Perky's weekly What's in the Box segment. He has a very interesting, interesting movie. It's called Sotsi. And who was the wonderful person who put that movie in the box for you to review? Who's the person? Uh, Nathan Day. Nathan Day, author Nathan Day. You know, what? by the way, I believe I believe Nathan Day is an author on my Facebook feed. He has all these really interesting pulp fiction noir type of covers on his books. I definitely have to read some of his work. So that's Nathan Day's choice of Sotsi directed by Gavin Hood. I'm actually going to, to submarine Bruce Perky's final review of Sotsi at the end of the, at the end of the episode. That's not a teaser. That's a declaration because instead of doing that, I'm just going to talk all over him and just talk about my love for X-Men origins Wolverine also directed by Gavin Hood. And you, there's nothing you or Eric Holmes can do about that. That is for the last several weeks of you guys slandering my buddy Zack Snyder on <laughs> on that wonderful Snyder Cut movie, which, by the way, I, I still haven't seen. By the way, Eric, Bruce, have you ever seen? Are you, are you going to get to this? Did you get to the Snyder Cut? You did, did you, didn't you? No, not yet. No. Not, okay, not yet. When I have I, no plans. I have no plans of ever getting to it. You, you, would, no you would like it, Bruce. There's like so much character development in that movie that is right up your alley. Okay. Appreciate the dry wit, Eric Holmes. Very well done. To, very well played, sir. Very well done. I'm going to throw it out to you, Bruce Perky, first, because I've been blabbing. What movie do you want us to uh, talk about? And why don't you lead into just an, a little intro to whatever movie? Pick one of those three movies and we'll just go. Okay. Let's, hey, let's start with, um, let's start with Benny, Benny Loves You. How do you say it again? Benny loves you. Benny loves you. <laughs> Benny loves you. <laughs> Out in theaters May 7th, on demand May 11th, and on Blu-ray on Blu-ray June 8th. That's all I'm going to say regarding my excitement <laughs> for this. <laughs> so uh, it was directed by Carl uh, Holt, starring Carl Holt. And written is by Carl Holt. And written yes. by Carl Holt. Written, yes. directed, and starring. Yes. yes. This is a pretty easy movie to describe it, but... We're going to get into why we do or don't like it based mostly on how it's presented. Basic concept is this. If you discard or forget your beloved toy, it may become a murderous demon toy, I guess is what you want to say. So in this one, you've got a, what is he, a cartoonist, a character creator? He's like a toy designer yeah creator. toy designer yeah 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 and he's uh he's kind of uh you know the the quintessential you know man child living with his parents uh, what is he 35 40 years old still has his 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 favorite stuffed they call him a teddy bear but he looks to me almost like a i don't know like a rabbit or something but anyway he looks <laughs> a lot like elmo uh, we're not going to say that but he looks a lot like elmo kind of with ears and uh, he still loves this thing. Uh, and so an event occurs in his life, which makes him want to discard the old things and grow up and put that toy in a box. And well, let's just say Benny, the toy, doesn't take kindly to such things. And uh, mayhem ensues. 
There you go. Mayhem, that's the basic Mayhem setup. Ensues, stars Carl Holt. Yeah. So essentially, that's it. That's the entire movie. It's 94 minutes. I'm surprised it says the rating's not rated. Let's get a little bit bloody. I'm not going to give too much away, but if you love, I don't know, just humanity, animals, and in danger, people in danger, uh, skip. I, I don't know. I, I've never seen any of the child's play. Eric Holmes, do you think child's people who love child's play will appreciate Benny Loves You? Or is that not a linear kind of connection? Is that apples and oranges? Uh, well, it's it's definitely different than Child's Play. This is uh, a, it's a good example. I can't think of one. Um, <laughs> Child's Play is uh, a murderer gets killed and his spirit goes in a doll and the doll's still trying to kill people. This one's not quite that. It uh, starts off, I, I, I don't want to say wholesome because <laughs> that's not at all the word I'm looking for, but uh, that, this one's... Uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. A uh, murderous stuffed animal going around killing people. It's actually the story is not exactly what I thought it would be. It kind of is, but it it kind of not that like any huge twist or anything. But it it went a different direction than I thought, and it's got a lot of. Uh, I don't think it's as good as like Edgar Wright's movies, but it definitely has that flavor that that really kind of quick cut quick wit sort of thing that said it also has its own kind of sense of humor to it even though the filmmaking is similar to edgar Wright, it's the point of view of the filmmakers and the humor of the filmmakers are clearly their own i think uh, but this is a fun movie probably not for everyone but th- this would be a movie that i think if you saw the trailer and you watch the trailer and you said to yourself that looks cool it's you're gonna like it if you saw the trailer and you said said to yourself, "Not for me, probably not for you." Uh, th- th- this is one of those one of those er- examples of uh, this movie is exactly as advertised, probably a little better. Very good, Benny. Benny loves you. Benny is a plush toy. He is a very violent plushy toy, and Benny just wants to be in the company of his guardian, his best friend Jack. Play again, played like Bruce said, played by Carl Holt. That's it. That's all Benny wants. Just that kind of friendship. When there, whenever there's a woman, when a woman enters her life, Jack's life, it's not a good thing. Any kind of human that enters the home of Jack's home, not a good thing. Even Jack's parents, who presumably grew up, I mean, Benny grew up with those parents, right? They're usually, they're, they're sort of, anything over two is a crowd for Benny. So there's basically, you can add up all those details. If you're not Jack, there's a good chance in this movie, you will die. So, Eric Holmes, what were you going to say? I, I should also add, I don't think this is a spoiler. Maybe it is. But uh, they uh, reference Gremlins, which right away gives a thumbs up for me. <laughs> it definitely gets points for that. So, good on them. You know, if you have a very, how do I say this? If, if, you're, if you have a very good sense of humor and you don't mind being, and you're not offended as much, there is a sequence where there is a kill sequence in this movie that will really piss off. A lot of people, I was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I'm a good man, good person. I was laughing my you-know-what off. Bruce, Eric, what did you think of this scene? We cannot mention what the scene is, but you know what I'm talking about. In my opinion, this scene is worth the price of whatever you're going to pay to see Benny Loves You. Can you guys tell me what you guys think? I agree. I loved it. My son, who is not 12 yet, watched it with me, so... 
take that as a bad parenting or good parenting. And we rewound that scene a couple times. Then we brought his brother in to watch that scene. So yes, <laughs> let me point out. We're not, I know. Good, good, wait, wait, wait. Good reaction from the, the oh, yeah. children. Oh yeah. Dad beat dad. Okay, good, good. And, All right. and just, so, and just to be clear, you didn't rewind that scene. You rewound it a couple times. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that's just good parenting right there. Yeah, oh, very right. good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to point out a couple of things. We're talking about the tone. So it's a very goofy movie. It's a very broad movie. I, I think uh, if you're not into that comedy, like you said, that it will not work on you as comedy, probably. It's almost like you're in a children's show, almost as far as the the overboard like act, acting in characters. These are not going to be deep characters. But one of the tricks to this movie, I think, we were talking about Chucky. So Chucky, you've got a doll, but you want to make it creepy and you want to make it look mean and the, the, it's more, it's vicious. And the killings in here, sometimes the special effects are, a lot of them are practical. And sometimes they're intentionally almost overly fake looking, like the scene we just talked about. So there's an element to it that's very fake, but that makes it less vicious because there's a, a level of fakeness to kind of the special effects that you can kind of go like, okay, this is just being silly so I can enjoy it. And I got to mention the movement of Benny. Every time he moves, he, they make, they may animate him. So he looks like what it would look like if you took your stuffed animal, held it in your hand and made it walk across the floor, kind of bounces across the floor. That's the way he always moves. So he always has this kind of happy, almost joyous movement when he's carrying a knife or a hatchet or a chainsaw or whatever he's carrying, he's kind of like hopping around the floor. And it, it was funny every time I saw it. Every time I saw it, I laughed. And last <laughs> but not least, this movie, we got to the end of it. And me and my kid went, what happened to that person? Because there's yes. a person whose fate you weren't sure about. Yes. And there is a mid-credit sequence on this. And I appreciated that level of detail too. There's a lot of and there's a lot of level of details. And there's there's other toys that are brought into this at some point, which didn't have to happen. And the fact that other toys were involved, I loved all of that as well. I think that this is for the people who are into it, like you said, this the style, this is a a win. Eric, you were gonna say something. Oh but. no, I, I was gonna uh, I, I was just reacting to the uh the character that yeah, I'll just stop talking. The more stop time talking, stop the- you know what I should have stopped. I you know, actually only you and Bruce should probably be talking the entire episode. I should only be 10% of this episode because I just blathered too much. Again, we mentioned should be sixty-nine percent of this episode. Very, very, very good. <laughs> Thank you, Eric Holmes. Yet again, that number never fails. Carl Holt, we were talking about him. The movie was finished, I guess, done shooting in 2014, 2015. And that's why there's a lot of, there's a couple of Prince jokes in the movie. And I was thinking, why are they mentioning Prince? He, he passed away. Well, the movie was shot in 2014, 2015. And it took Carl all that time. I'm assuming he also edited it, but just to get it out there. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's all the work that they put in. And you, like you were saying, the way Benny moves, pretty seamless and cool. I don't know. I think, again, this is just sneaky, uh, sneaky, deaky, ambitious indie film that really, you said it's a win. Benny Loves You was a total win for me. I expected an escapist, forgettable fare, but I received escapist, pretty much first rate fare. I, I was surprisingly, <laughs> so I, I, I'm surprised at how much I really enjoyed this film. Eric Holmes. I think uh, a good thing, like there, there's a scene early on. He's a man child, pretty much still living with his parents. And I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say because it happens within the first five, 10 minutes. Yeah. But his uh, parents die and his first reaction is, I'm a homeowner now. That's, <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of dark humor. No one ever would 
think that. Well, I take that back. A lot of people would think that. No one would actually say that out loud. Uh, but the, that's, I guess that's the kind of dark humor that the, this sort of movie has. Yes. Where the characters do and say things that aren't like, uh, you know, definitely kind of cartoony and definitely written. But it it sort of it sort of works with the style that the, the this movie's going for. Let me yeah. shoot something past you, Eric. What do you think? So we were trying to compare it to something like how that style kind of feels. To me, it almost feels. You know, it's a totally different subject matter, but it almost feels a little more like like uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, like kind of that feel. Yeah, I like I, I would I would even say like uh kind of like the uh, uh what what is that one that just came out the. Uh, the Jim Henson one, the oh the um, murder. Happy Time Murders, yeah, Happy, Happy Time, Time murders. murders. This is like the good version of the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, it's not a it's not a detective story, so get that out of your head. But the uh, the idea of uh, oh this cute little puppet doing these horrible things, and uh, I, in fact, and and I still kind of like Happy Time Murders, but I wish that Happy Time Murders went for it the way that Benny Loves You went for it. And you said this came out that they made this in 2014, 2014. I'm assuming 2014, they made it, but it's like 2014, 2015. So in the can, yeah, happy time murders that came out two years ago. So two this years, would, th- th- this would have been before then. So yeah. I, I kind of wish this would have came out then. And then happy time murders could have taken a page from that and been even better. Who knows? But uh, th- this is kind of the movie that happy time murders promised and didn't quite deliver on. Uh, Benny loves you. I think think does probably won't again. Probably won't be for everyone. But if you're the uh, uh, and again, if you're the type that saw the trailers for Happy Time Murders and said that's the movie I want to see, and then you saw Happy Time Murders and like, eh, it was fine. Benny kind of Benny goes there for sure. Very cool. So that is Benny loves you. The poster has Benny with a sharp, I'm assuming, kitchen knife. He's smiling, and the tagline up right over the title says, "Don't throw him out." I think that's pretty cool because look, cute poster. Don't throw this movie out. Don't don't think you're going to actually say, "Oh, this is a nice little cute little movie, a horror little thing that I'm just going to forget." Surprisingly, surprisingly good. So I get strong recommend on my solid recommend on mine. Everyone, Bruce, yep. Eric, strong. Yep, yep. Okay, so that is three solid recommends, strong recommends for Benny Loves You, and that comes out in theaters, select theaters, May seventh, on demand, May eleventh, and on Blu-ray. June 8th what a what just just even the fact that you could actually get the joke when we say when we continue to annoy you listener dear listener when we mention Benny loves you just join in join in on the fun once you see this movie now speaking of the next movie and joining in on the fun joining in on the fun and this is a movie called underdogs and I you know I I'm trying to wrap my head around this it's this is a movie. It's a it's set in the future dystopian post apocalyptic universe, and it's produced executive producer produced by Ridley Scott's Scott Free Productions. So one thing you're gonna know from a Scott Free Production type of project, it's gonna be an interesting movie. It's gonna have some visual flair. This movie does have some visual flair, and ultimately, what happens is underdogs under gods is a series of interwoven stories set in the future where. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird wasteland where there's a little bit of a metropolis. Things are barren. There are people who beat each other up just for apparently no reason. And there are there's there's a corporate head who's trying to 
make it, but he's a little bit of a sociopath, but he also has a really close bond with his daughter. And then there's, then there's this, this uh, neighbor from across the hall who comes into a, in, comes into the lives of a, of a, a middle-aged couple. They're, these are kind of the stories that are interwoven. You know, I, I really don't know what to make of this movie, except that by the end of the film, I'm going to start with the good parts. It actually was value added to watch because I love the way the narrative what played out as far as upending our expectations. My, and I like the ambition behind Under Gods. My whole thing is if you're going to cinematically throw out some kind of tone poem to the viewer, you're going to need some kind of wrap up with certain of the threads you are weaving within the story. And I feel like as much as this movie had ambition and it was a worthwhile experience, I would, I'm going to ultimately give this a slight recommend. The fact that a lot of this, the anthology, the way that this anthology tied together wasn't as convincing or as resonant for me made me downscale this movie just a little bit. So Eric Holmes, your thoughts on this film? I don't know nothing about this film. I saw it and uh, uh, it, it looked fantastic. And I, I really like the score. So that's the good stuff out of the way. Um, this reminded me a lot of Southland Tales. And where with Southland Tales, I kind of already had trust in Richard Kelly. So I was able to stick with it and kind of, uh, you know, I, I wanted to figure it out. One time I was really drunk and did figure it out and then never again. So, but with this one, you know, I, I don't know the filmmaker. I don't know their sensibilities or what they were going for. And this movie just, I, I was just lost. I didn't, I didn't get it at all. I'm, I'm sure there's, um, I'm sure there's a point of view there. I'm sure there's, uh, it's possible that I just didn't see it in the right setting maybe, but this, this went right over my head. I, I couldn't make heads or tails out of anything. Um, even to the point where you were kind of describing the uh, story, I guess, or yeah, the setting. Stories. Like yeah. it, it, it was just, it was just one weird thing after another and none of it, none of it con- connected for me to the point where like, I, I don't know, I'd say halfway through the movie, but it was actually probably before that I, I kind of, I was enduring it, but I, I never got for one second, never got on board with this movie and Fair couldn't yeah. put a gun to my head. I could not tell you what this movie's about. Okay. Well, um, fair enough, Bruce, you know, the thing is, I remember years ago, I read this comic called Astro City and the main character on, would tell different stories of people who live in this metropolis. One story dealt with this cowardly anti-hero superhero. So it had him, I think he was called a turtle. So the entire one shot story deals with his life. And then in the next issue of Astro City, you realize that turtle is, if I recall, he's mentioned in just one panel as he gets killed. So He's a, the hero of his own issue, but then within the next issue, he's just a cast off in a, in a little panel. And this is what I think on a narrative level that Under Gods does a really great job with, where they'll, in, they'll have characters come in and out of the frame and in the story, and you think they're actually the real quote unquote hero or the driving thrust behind it, and then they get waylaid, and then, and then, and then someone else takes over. So I like that construct, but saying that, is that enough of a construct to make up for 
some of this movie's flaws. Your take on on that? So my read on it is very similar. Um, my read on it was basically this is just an anthology movie. That's all it is. It's an anthology movie presented in a really like a obtuse fashion because you basically instead of the crypt keeper or whatever you have these two kind of under god guys that are kind of the garbage men of this like dystopian future and they start talking about something and then we cut to that story and i felt like all of these stories that we watch are supposed to be kind of in this kind of in like um either an alternate reality or the upper class reality Whereas the two garbage men are basically are like in the, the crappy, you know, apocalyptic side of things, you know, the side that has the factory that runs, runs on slave labor and all that kind of stuff. Although the third story, somebody crosses back over into, I guess, richer society. But yeah. all of that being said, I didn't think any of the stories were very compelling. I mean, essentially there's three stories, you know, right. and the first story in this and the third story are almost two versions of the same story. They're both basically a couple who has an outsider come into their lives and mess it up. And then the middle story is just the, the dad and the daughter and the, you know, he's stealing something from somebody and it's going to come back to haunt him. And the other thing that I thought was really bad about the stories is that almost all of them weren't allowed to resolve on their own right. Like they would get to a point where they were going to resolve. Like the middle story, we talked about that. That was the guy He's trying to get his daughter back and they goes to resolve it. And it just kind of peters out into the under realm. Like it never yeah, resolves. Thought, yeah. You know, it never resolves, but I like the way they transitioned yeah. it, but that's just still more of a narrative trick or. Yeah. Yeah. Element. I mean, to me, it was just a version of, you know, like in creep show or something when the thing's over, it fades back into a cell of a comic book. And now we're back to the introduction of the next story. That's all essentially it was, but what it did is it faded back to the comic book before the story was over like the story never ended and that was very frustrating too because they weren't that compelling of stories to start with and to not even have them narratively end was even more frustrating i thought so and last but not least i thought the whole thing was kind of unsavory like i thought all the characters were really kind of slimy and gross there was like a level of like of dislikability of everything in this movie and not that a movie has to be likable we just talked about a killer (laughs) killer doll there's something you do in the way you present the story and this movie to me just seemed really um like uh, kind of vile like i really didn't like it at all it just left a bad taste in my brain i guess is where i'm coming from i I ended up i ended up liking this movie a little bit more than bruce and eric i would again i would give this a slight recommend under god's Comes to theaters and digital May seventh. Look, you know, in to defend Bruce, that that second story, Bruce, also, which I thought was clever. The second story is actually a story within a story. It's a dad and a and his younger tell, telling his young daughter a story, and it goes into that story. I loved, I loved a lot of the, you know what? I love the artifice and the sheen behind Under Gods. I like what they were trying to do, but the reason why it doesn't get a strong recommend is to your point, Bruce. It doesn't really wrap up the stories each of those stories you know what maybe that actually wrapped up one of those stories in a yeah in a really strong way maybe could have maybe that could have been the connecting thread instead yeah. you get instead well, you get three interesting disparate stories but yeah bruce sorry and not i mean we probably can just stop a second but a perfect example you're just talking about so you have a, a, a dad telling his daughter the story and then we go into the story and then we come back to the dad and and the daughter's fallen asleep 
and and I think Eric had pointed out like, oh great, it's so boring that I put the character to sleep. But I would ask you as a as a storyteller, what's the point of that father and daughter telling that story? There's there is no point at all in this movie to have that happen. It, nothing happens with them again. And that's kind of the, what happens throughout the story. Like you keep watching the story and going like, well, what was the point of that story? I didn't know what happened to any of the characters. That, that was the frustration. I, I would say one of two things is true. I, I completely believe any one of these could be true. Either one, there were, uh, this movie had no focus and no point of view and no nothing it was trying to say. It was kind of up its own ass. Or two, and this is extremely likely because... Uh, you know, I'm not the smartest person on the planet. I didn't get it, and it's it's it, it just went right over my head, which is also entirely possible. I have no idea which one it was, but this this movie just you guys keep talking about like these stuff in it, and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I didn't see that movie, or Bruce picked up something like even though Bruce didn't like it, like he he Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, no, uh, Bruce no. picked up a, on a on a couple of things, and you guys are talking about that, and I'm like, I did not pick up on any of this. Like the the whole movie went just right over my head, and uh, like I I might have said the same thing. I I brought up Southland Tales. I probably would have said the same thing about that. But one time I watched Southland Tales, and it all came together. And of course, never again. But that one time it came together, Southland Tales just went over my head a hundred percent. I know this because one time I got it. But this one, I don't know, maybe I got to watch it again or in the right frame of mind or I don't know what. But, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't latch on to anything of this movie other than the fantastic cinematography and the killer soundtrack. Other than that, I got nothing. Yeah, well, that, that's still a lot. Music and uh, DP work, but uh, under under gods. Yeah, not so definitely no rec- not a recommend from Eric. Right. No recommend. I would say you need uh, for me to recommend it. You have to be much smarter than I am. <laughs> oh come on bruce no not all right not no, for you not no a... and and for me if this is a slight recommend with the caveat of saying look if you want a story that wraps up in a cohesive fashion my theory on this is the writer director what is his name i've got to look it up chino moya m-o-y-a i think the director just wanted to explore the onion where the different layers peeled peeling behind the story peel you know the story within the story within the story within the story bruce one and, uh one mea culpa yeah. i will give uh chino moya though is uh he's definitely interesting like he de- like he mm-hmm. you know even though even though i didn't get it i mean he's and usually i like weird and he can definitely go weird i wonder if maybe uh maybe he needs to focus a little more or or uh, again, maybe maybe I just need to get on his way his wavelength, but uh, it, it's it's not a I would say it's not a complete loss. Even if the uh, to take a word from Bruce, even though I think uh, this is kind of a turd, that filmmaker has something. I I don't know what it is, but there there's there's potential there for him to make something great. I don't think this is it, but who knows, Bruce? Even though it's unsavory and vile to you, do you think do you agree with that? little potential there do you see a, a whisper a, a little bit of waft of potential behind the story or did this just not yeah i mean the, okay yeah maybe with a just a better story i mean like you guys both said i mean the style was interesting the the, the acting was fine the music was good yeah okay it's story it's all story in this look one that, that didn't work for me yeah so look listeners if any of you have something to say about under gods maybe all of us were wrong maybe I didn't love it. I should have loved it more. 
hit us up. Tell us what you think of Under Gods when it hits select cinemas and on demand on May 7th. Our final featured movie is, you know, this is a movie that I was not looking forward to whatsoever. I was just trying to fill every every single week towards around. Okay, so we're, look, we're taping this around Wednesday, Wednesday evening. I, I try to say, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to be good with one movie just as a, our featured episode, <laughs> you know. And then what, what happens is, me being an a-hole and like this director from Under Gods, I have my head up my own. You know what? I end up putting so many movies on Bruce and Eric's plate. I have to apologize. Eric, you mentioned Mia Culpa. I have to throw a Mia Culpa because I throw so many movies for us to see. I just threw this because I just wanted us to. I was thinking maybe Bruce and Eric might like Fried Berry. And it's all this movie set in where Bruce Cape Town, right? And yeah. yeah. South yeah, Africa. S- yep. South Africa. Main character is uh he's a deadbeat. He's a deadbeat dad, husband. He takes heroin. He's an alcoholic. Just a he's a layabout. And due to a simple twist of fate, he becomes inha- he gets inhabited by an alien. Or maybe not. Who knows what not? You the, for most of the movie, you're wondering whether he's inhabited by an alien, or maybe it's something in his own brain. That is fried berry. And we follow throughout the rest of the movie his journey as either an alien or a mentally ill person or maybe even a little bit of both. I don't know what to say about this movie, except by the end of this movie, I was surprised at how much I really loved Fried Berry. I, maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but I, I absolutely flipped for this movie. I, I, it started off slow. And then once the alien took over and once I got into the groove and the rhythms and the absolute insanity behind this movie. I don't know. I'm I'm all aboard Fried Berry. Bruce Perky, help me out here. Am I a <laughs> little bit I on do? this bandwagon? Am I <laughs> am I off my gourd? What do you think? I'm middle of the road on Fried Berry. I I I, I liked the energy. I liked it when it went truly bonkers, like when he gets uh probed or whatever is happening with the aliens. Uh when he has a certain, um, let's say, a certain encounter with the woman of the night, I thought that scene was just really crazy and and, and kind of went out over the top. But to me, beautiful scene. Yeah, one of the <laughs> yeah. most beautiful scenes uh, to me I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, and he's a, a really odd-looking dude. Uh, Fry uh, Berry, played by um, Gary Green, is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, Gary Green. He's so, he's fantastic in this movie. I, I love that. Well, uh, maybe I will. I'm a little too, I'm a little on both sides with him. I think he looks really odd and I think he does a really good job of staring and acting really strange, but I don't think he can react any other way. Like I, I, I guess my biggest problem with the movie, I say it either needed to be crazier for me because it was kind of, I got kind of bored by the fact that we just kept, it was like him looking, looking, looking amazed because he's not supposed to know what's going on on earth. And then he'd go to another um, encounter with something. And they'd look amazed again, go to another encounter. And by the time he got to the fourth or fifth encounter, I was, I was kind of bored and, because nothing yeah. really, nothing really happened in those encounters. They were all like, just like, Oh, here's a, here's a pedophile murderer. Okay. We'll be there for 10 minutes. Oh, we're going to go to an insane asylum. All right. We'll be there for 10 minutes. And then we're going to go to somewhere else to be there for 10 minutes. And I just got, I, I think this was originally was a short, a short, mm-hmm. and I can see this working as a short. And it felt like about 
five or six shorts stuck together. And I only was interested in about two of the shorts. So I, I would, would give this um, a medium. Medium. I give this high strong, every single element of this, of this movie, every single 10 minutes here, 10 minutes here. I, I kept on going, wow, wow, wow. Eric, break the tie. Where do you land on this? Because this movie, I thought, actually went really overboard and was insane and awesome. Bruce well, disagreed. Uh, for- well, so. first, first of all, the main character, he has obnoxious down to a science. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got the uh, he's got the crazy, but he's got that new metal crazy where it's like, you know, I, I can make crazy faces and move my head weird. But uh, it, but at the same time, like I know guys, I know guys like that. The the guy before the, the alien takes over. Sure. And so and I know people like that. And those people really bug this shit out of me. So good on him on that uh, because it, it bugged the shit on me but in the way i think that character's supposed to because he's uh before the alien takes over he's not he's not a good person um this movie kept losing me and then pulling me back in where like where under gods kept pushing me away and i kept trying to get in and it just kept pushing me away like this one like repulses me but then it pulls me back in and then pushes me out a bit and so i'm kind of i i I don't know. There's like stuff that I hated about this and I was just completely annoyed by. But then there was other times where I'm just like, hmm, well, let's, let's stick this one out and see where it goes. So yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm leaning more towards loving it. But this one was weird. And then to to, to Bruce's point, the uh, I, I kept getting reminded of Starman. Hmm. And Starman's a good movie, but Jeff Bridges performance as a alien trying to act human was extremely obnoxious and uh that this one kind of does that times 10 but you know that's kind of the uh you know that's kind of the again that's kind of the style it's going for uh, especially when the uh uh barry uh but when he goes to the uh spaceship and it gets really unsettling like with the with the sound design and the the quick flashes and everything, I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> and so definitely repulsed by that. Not like a, you know, oh gross, but just kind of just very unsettling. And then it comes interesting, and then I pull back in, and then it starts getting unsettling again. Don't do a bunch of crack before watching this. <laughs> or LSD. I, 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 <laughs> uh, fuck no. <laughs> Yeah, t- you got you got to watch this one stone sober because uh, you don't need nothing <laughs> or something that'll bring you down, like something that'll like this this movie. I'm like really hot and cold on as I'm watching it, and for that reason, I would give this a recommend just because it's such a yeah. odd. It's such an odd movie and such an odd experience that you can't. And also, and again, to compare it to Under Gods, where Under God seems unfocused, this one knows exactly what it's going for. Uh, it, it's crazy it's definitely weird at times but i get the sense that it's doing things on purpose you know it has it, flashes flashes of greatness for sure yeah. and for me i definitely would say there are there for for greg it was pretty much i love great. this I, yeah. I, yeah i'm all i'm all for this and oh, and, and the ending was fantastic i love the ending of this one yeah yeah good very good ending it's written and directed by oh. <laughs> ryan kruger i like that too. no i was just thinking of what happens with his uh, I can't even say, but there's oh, something right, that right. happens as a result of something he did that's pretty amazing. What, wasn't the final title like uh, you got like a Spike Lee joint? Wasn't this called a Ryan Kruger thing? Yeah, he said it said that at the beginning too. 
Is that a Ryan yeah. Kruger thing? I, I this mean, guy that, is definitely his own wavelength for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really love this movie. And right, yeah, written and directed by Ryan Kruger. Strong, strong recommend for me. Um, Eric Holmes, slight recommend for you. Just like I would say this is a strong recommend just because it's so, it kind of goes for it. And it, even though everything didn't work for me, the things that didn't work for me, I don't think were supposed to work for me. Like, like for instance, you get a character that's so repulsive. You're like, I hate that character. That's not a that's not a fault of the movie or the character. The character is supposed to be dislikable. So I, I think that the things that I was repulsed by was by design, and the things that draw me drew me in and I felt interesting was also by design. So I, I would give this movie high marks, and even what? though even though I was uh, kind of hot and cold on it. I, I think that was uh, the the movie playing me as opposed to me not liking the movie. And fair enough, Bruce Perky, even though you had, you know, this movie had flaws for you, you give this a medium recommend or yeah, a, again, slight- slight, a slight or medium recommend. I, I think the energy and the creativity is enough and that some people will definitely be right with you and love yeah. that this will be right up their vibe. And I would say to me, it was just like, I wanted more of, I wanted it to be leading somewhere as opposed to being kind of like another new thing, another new thing, another new thing, just a different thing every time, but it wasn't ever building towards anything really much in for me. And that was my kind of my, my take, take back from it. So did, did you guys get any sort of, uh, I know we just did the director spotlight on, but did you get any sort of Leo cracks kind of energy from this? Maybe. Like I, 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 yeah. I, I was thinking like Leo cracks and like Nicholas winning weapon or maybe meets Mandy. Meets if it was like, if it was like, what mr mayor or whatever heck if it was his whole movie <laughs> that's kind of what this is a little bit like <laughs> yeah and also listeners if any of you are really look i'm a middle-aged unlike bruce i i don't have kids i've always wanted to become a family man one of these days and there's a really romantic moment in the middle of fried berry which makes you really want to i don't know maybe set up stakes and have a have a have a child so there's a very there's a very sublime moment, folks. I'm half just with that, but if you've ever see, thought about having a kid, see Friedberry. That was such a okay. high point in the movie. It, if it would have just flown with that, I would have gone so much farther with this movie. <laughs> I, it, it might go without saying, but just in case it's not, don't eat while watching this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, I will give another good point to this. There's a little intro where they have this kind of old fashioned, like telling you why it's a rated 18 plus. Yeah. And then there's an intermission. Yes. The intermission. Well, that's awesome. So I I love all that stuff too. So, I mean, there's definitely some really good stuff, even if you're like me and you're kind of middle of the road on it. I think there's enough here that's worth watching. Yes. Okay. And Ryan Kruger, if you are listening to this podcast, writer, director, Ryan Kruger, recommend strong recommend please make a sequel i already have your the name of your sequel it's going to be called deep fried berry please make that make that a reality i want to see this movie happen and your lead actor what gary green fantastic in the movie anyways i want to see him do um a um kind of a classic british style chamber version of this and call it berry over easy I want to see that one. Who, who's the who's the who's the guy in the uh, the Holy Motors? Dennis Levant. Yeah. Oh, Dennis yeah. Levant. Him Dennis and Levant. him and the guy in this uh, green 
I, I, I'm sorry, suck it. Gary Green, yeah, no, Gary, Gary Green. Yeah, I believe. You I want to see a road trip comedy with those two. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Road to Zanzibar <laughs> starring Gary. Oh, Fried Gary Green, Green Fried Green. I'm trying to. Get, I'm making this. I'm going to make this <laughs> title somehow. I don't know how, but <laughs> Fried, fried Green <laughs> Tornado. Uh, I got one. I got one. Fried Fried Green Berry loves you. So <laughs> that comes out. <laughs> by the way, Fried Berry comes out on May seventh exclusively. On Bruce Perky's number one streaming choice, right? Shudder. That I get no money for. Get me some damn money. (laughs) Shudder, get Bruce Perky some darn money. Okay, so that's it. We're we're done with our our featured reviews. What are we going to do next? We're going to eventually get to Bruce's, you know, uh, recommendation and his what's in the box. But first, Eric, what is your recommendation this week? What do you have for us, for for the listeners? Well, I saw a movie uh, from 2006 written by Nicholas Kazan and directed by Courtney Hunt, starring Renee Zellweger, Keanu Reeves, and Jim Belushi, and it's called The Whole Truth. This is, uh, it it basically opens up, uh, Keanu Reeves does a lot of voiceover in this, and he's, uh, Keanu Reeves is a uh, attorney, and he's, He's the attorney for his friend's son who killed his dad. And his son doesn't talk to him. Look, I'm I'm not a lawyer, but he, the uh, Keanu Reeves should have just pled down as much as he could because his son's not talking and he can't, my brain sucks, but he uh, can't be the lawyer for him, you know, because he doesn't know anything. And all he knows is, you know, when, when your client doesn't talk to you, how can you defend them? Uh, but for some reason, he's going to. This movie is takes place only take you know uh, other than the odd flashback. It mostly takes place in a courtroom. But this isn't really a courtroom drama. This is a mystery because you don't have like right off the bat. Uh, Keanu Reeves says his dad's dead, and he said he did it, and I gotta defend him. So that's what you know right off the bat. But as the court. Uh, as uh, the uh, trial proceeds, you start finding out things, and it, it it plays more like a mystery. I'm again, I'm not a lawyer. I would imagine if any lawyer watched this movie, they would just be pulling their hair out because <laughs> there's a, <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple things in this. They're like that's there's zero percent chance that would happen in a courtroom. What what kind of lawyer is he? Why did you know call objection? What what the fuck is going on? Like I, so as a uh, as a uh, courtroom drama, this movie fails. But as a mystery, like an unfolding mystery that just happens to be set in a courtroom, I think this is pretty good. This is kind of like a it, it feels kind of pulp to me. Like a that's a good thing. That can be uh, a very good thing. Oh yeah, and it is. What was that? Uh, uh, stowaway. This is, a, this is a uh, how stowaway like for a, a science movie. Like the science of it doesn't make sense, but emotionally, I think yeah. it kind of works. Yeah. This kind of does the same thing as a realistic uh, depiction of how courts and lawyers and stuff work. This is a complete failure, but as a mystery, I'm intrigued. And then once it gets to the end, there's a bunch of uh, reveals. Some may say too many. I think just the perfect amount. (laughs) This this one worked for me. This one worked for me a lot. And I will watch this movie again for sure. Probably not for everyone. Uh, I think it might get a little too silly. And and especially... Underrated? underrated Because this movie is considered a... 
a Keanu Reeves, not a, not a movie of Keanu Reeves that you see. So in that sense, do you think it's overlooked because of you're saying you um, I honestly I I didn't even know about this. I just went on Netflix and saw that hey, courtroom drama, cool, I'll watch it. And then at first I started getting pissed off. It's like this is stupid. But then once I let that go, I kind of I kind of uh, let the uh, mystery portion of it wash over me. So again, it, this is not a good courtroom drama, but it's a pretty good. This is a pretty good kind of pulpy mystery kind of movie. Movies directed by Courtney Hunt. She also directed and became popular for her work in that movie. I think it's 2000, 2009 movie Frozen River. This movie is released in 2016. The screenwriter is Nicholas Kazan. And like you mentioned, Eric Holmes, he actually wanted to go under a different pseudonym. I don't know why, yeah. but Nicholas Kazan, Kazan, to tease for next week, we're going to have friend of the show and just our friend, Angie Clark. She recently purchased the movie Wild River from Entertain Mart. And Eric Holmes is having Angie Clark on. And all three of us will also watch Wild River. By the way, that movie is directed by Elia Kazan, Elia Kazan being the father of the screenwriter of this movie, Nicholas Kazan. So I, I wonder, because I did see that uh, they went under a pseudonym. And that that kind of makes sense because the uh, the things that don't make sense as far, and again, not a lawyer, but the stuff that stood out to me, if it stood out to me, I'm sure it would just be like a fucking, you know, a, a giant flashing light to actual lawyers. I'm wondering if there were kind of rewrites or maybe stuff that uh, maybe they you know, or like that wouldn't happen in a courtroom. And they're like, I don't care. We're doing it anyway. Or maybe it's something else. I, I couldn't really find anything about why the, why they decided to change the name regardless of that. I mean, that uh, for me, this is kind of a American history X sort of situation. Did, was it Daniel K? Danny K? Do I get that name right? Uh, yeah, for Tony, American Tony Hi- K. I believe his name Tony is Tony K. K. Yeah. I oh, always yeah. forget his first name. Cause I suck at life, but uh, Tony K uh, just completely dismissed American history X turned out to be a good movie, even though it wasn't the movie he wanted to make. And uh, maybe that's the same uh, for uh, the writer wasn't the movie they wrote, but it, it turned out to be a pretty, pretty decent mystery regardless of that. Uh, probably not for everyone, you know, but I, I, I give it a shot. I give it a shot. It's, okay. it's pretty sweet. Sounds good. That is The Whole Truth, headlined by Keanu Reeves, co-starring Renee Zellweger. Okay, cool. That is, you saw that on, and it's currently streaming on Netflix. Bruce, mm-hmm. before we get to you, just a quick recommendation for me. I just got this. Nah. The Mauritanian, The Mauritanian, speaking of courtroom dramas, stars Jodie Foster, Taharahim, and Shailene Woodley, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Directed by Kevin McDonald. He directed The Eagle, How I Live Now. What else? Black Sea. Uh, I believe Last King of Scotland as well, but just interviewed him today. I did not see the Mauritanian until recently because I thought this was going to be a by the numbers slog of a film. It's a true story of Mamadou, I'm mispronouncing his middle name, Oid Slahi's memoir, Guantanamo Diary. This is the true story of Slahi's fight for freedom after being imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay for, I believe, 14 years. So I thought this was just, if it's based on a true story, filled with good intentions, I thought it was, again, going, going to be a by-the-numbers kind of experience. Excellent. It's a two, I think it's two hours and nine minutes. Excellent, excellent movie. Really well done performances. Jodie Foster, Shailene Woodley, Benedict Cumberbatch, all very good in this movie. But the lead, 
is very good. Taha Rahim, just see this movie because of that. And Mamadou is just a very interesting person. We're just a very good man. He's a very good man. He's, can you imagine being imprisoned in Cuba? No, no charge on you, 14 years. And when you see from this movie that you see what kind of person he is, he's not a man who is filled with bile and hatred. I would be, I would, sh- okay. I would be the worst. I would be tons of worse for, for wear. But what's cool about this movie is you learn about the story, you learn about Guantanamo Bay, but you really learn about this man's life and the honor and integrity and the light that still shines within him. So it, this was a surprise film for me. And what's cool about the Blu-ray and DVD, which I just did receive, comes with a digital code, has four minutes worth of deleted scenes, a featurette on the making of the movie, and also an alternate opening. So, yeah. And also, by the way, for our, our Lumet little tease, I'm also going to put some Kevin McDonald sound in our in our uh, upcoming episode because I asked him about Sidney Lumet, and he talked about Sidney Lumet very cool. quickly. So just a little bit of Kevin McDonald audio will be also featured. Did he hate him? <laughs> what do you think of that Sydney Lumet guy? No, sir, I do not like Sydney. <laughs> Sydney, I don't don't like Sydney Lumet whatsoever. But hey, the cool thing about it is he also mentions he also gives a a DVD Blu-ray pick as well. This movie called The Battle of Algiers. So check oh, out yeah. our yeah yeah check out our feed for our Kevin McDonald interview on on Find Your Film. They're going to see a lot more of that stuff. Most importantly, the Mauritanian comes out Blu-ray DVD on May 11th, worth a watch. I was surprised at how good this movie is. Bruce Berkey, recommendation of the week. Well, mine is almost opposite of everything we've done. It's just a crowd-pleasing family movie. It's on Netflix, The Mitchells versus The Machines. It has the... It's not directed by the by the Lord. Lord and what's his name that do like Lego movie and, and those... Lord and Miller. Yeah, Lord and Miller. Thank you. It's not directed by Lord and Miller, but they have a big influence on this production. And then it's directed by Mike Rianda, who was involved in Gravity Falls, which I also loved a lot. If you ever saw Gravity Falls, this is just a super fun family cartoon. The basic idea is this. You've got this family of misfits. The beginning of the movie is family of misfits. They all are just basically weirdos in one way or another, but in the best kinds of ways. And it starts with them and the whole world is being attacked by robots And then there's a flashback and you see them a few days earlier and how they get on the road. So basically their uh, daughter is going to go off to college. Uh, The daughter has a kind of strained relationship with the dad. So the dad's solution to fix that strained relationship is to have a road trip from their house all the way to California to where she's going to go to college. So it's a road trip movie. And as they're on the road, they don't know, but the world is basically being taken over by every bit of machinery in the world. The AI of the world is taking over. Katie is the main character. is played by Abby Jacobson. Rick, the dad, is Danny McBride. The mom is Maya Rudolph. And it goes down. Eric Andre's in this. Olivia Coleman. I mean, it's star-studded um, cast. But why is this movie so much fun? So it, first of all, if you like Lego movie, you like that kind of style. If you liked Into the Spider-Verse, I think you'll enjoy the creative energy of this movie. It is a movie that loves movies. The daughter is going to film school. So she's been spending years making parodies with her, with her pug dog. She's been making all these parody movies and you get to see bits and pieces of the parody movies. And they, they referenced Kubrick 
They reference Hal Ashby. They reference Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This movie loves movies. So there's oh, a ton of fun inside stuff if you love movies. And even if you don't, it's just, it's creative and energetic and just great, great, great fun. This is on Netflix. You can't go wrong with this. Now, obviously, if you're not into the, the kind of the family style movies and stuff, it might not be for you. But even if you're not, you might give it a try. I can't imagine you would hate it. You might just like it. But if you already are looking for value-added family movie, this is steps ahead of a lot. Okay. So that is a high, strong recommend for you, Bruce. Yeah. And I, I guess, I guess I, Eric, are you going to see that movie soon? You're going to probably see that movie as well? I thought Spider-Verse <laughs> was his. okay. And I didn't yeah. like, I, like Lego movie was fine. Like, I, I don't hate their movies. I don't get the, uh, like, I see everyone just losing their mind over Lord and Miller movies. And then I see them and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, they're fine, I say, but I, 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 don't, I don't go head over heels over their movies. Give this 15 or 20 minutes since it's not directed by yeah. them. Yeah. Give it 15 or 20 minutes. And if you're not in at that point, you probably won't be. Well, um, the, the, the thing is, I'll probably like it. But like yeah. with, with uh, Spider Verse is a perfect example. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, this movie's mind blowing!" And I watch yeah. and go, "Yeah, that was pretty good." <laughs> well, <laughs> and this is definitely one of those things. Like you know, I mean, I got kids, so if you have kids and yeah. you want to watch a movie that's not going to make you stab your <laughs> eyes out, <laughs> I, 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 I will say that uh, I, I, to uh, Spider Verse's credit, with most of the bullshit they watch, because uh, they're right outside the door. <laughs> Most of most of that stuff that they watch, I, I would definitely pick Spider Verse over that, but I wouldn't pick Spider Verse over like most things. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay, so <laughs> that, that is. I I think I'm gonna watch that that movie. I'm gonna give the Mitchells versus the Machines a shot. But by the way, we have so we again. I we've stacked the deck for next week. We have so many things to watch for next week. Bruce Perky, why don't you finish this show up with your what's in the box pick? Yes, so this is a movie that I picked up the DVD used, I don't know, two months ago, knowing so that it was see. in the box. Yeah. So it finally came up, mm. and I was like, cool. I have it sitting on the shelf. I don't have to rent this. Tootsie, Tootsie, Tootsie. I can't ever say it. Tootsie, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin <laughs> Hoffman <laughs> in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, directed by Sidney Pollack. Yeah. This is directed by Gavin Hood from 2005. Now, if you don't have the DVD or the Blu-ray, uh, it is on Paramount Plus and Hoopla, and you can rent it, obviously, for a few dollars. It's a really interesting, interesting movie. And I think you've both seen it, right? No, I, I still haven't seen it. Everyone okay. tells me to see this movie, and I love Gavin Hood movies, especially okay. Ender's Game and X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I will have to stress those two movies. Sorry, guys. Well, I guess Eric can, can hop in on this one. So basic concept is it starts out in, so it's in, I think, Johannesburg, if I remember correctly. Our main character... Tootsie. <laughs> I'll just say Tootsie from now on, <laughs> just to give you a totally messed up vision of your brain. Played by, oh God, he worse than the actual names. Uh, Presley uh, Chwenayange. <laughs> he Hailed is like it. the leader. <laughs> I did, doesn't I? He's like the leader of like a small gang. So you see him and they're like in um, kind of like in the, uh, I don't know what they call it. It used to be the townships. So it's kind of the version of that like right at the outskirts of the suburbs. So you see him kind of walking through these streets, obviously not a lot of money there, pretty low poverty. He walks out with his three friends kind of on a ready to go out for whatever activities they're going to get up to. And he walks by obviously the, 
the bigger gang guy that's in that area who's a little more powerful and they're kind of looking at him and he's just still kind of has a swagger like hey i'm the up and coming dude watch me watch me go and very quickly you see them at a train station and they're casing out looking for a mark you can tell they're looking for somebody to to rob they get their sights on a guy who's just parting from a woman that he's either dating or friends with or whatever but while he's doing it he shows that he has a little cash on him. So they're like, okay, that's the guy. They go onto the train. They slowly walk down towards the guy until they're all of a sudden they're surrounding him. The guy doesn't even notice until it's too late. They're surrounding him. They're looking at him and basically going to try to grab the thing from him. He stares back at them. And one of the gang members, not, not Totsi, but one of the gang members um, stabs the guy to death. Really, in a really excruciating scene where he basically holds up a ice pick and you don't know what's going to happen. And he just slowly stabs the guy like in the heart and kills him almost silently while they're standing on the train. And then they all leave. And that is kind of the kickoff to a lot of the events in this because you very quickly get the idea that even though they might be seasoned criminals, they aren't very, they don't seem to be very seasoned killers because one of the members of his gang is very shaken by what happened. And it causes it causes some events to occur that change all their lives and i don't know should i say eric like what the main event is that happens early on or should i leave that out you kind of have to unless unless you're just going to stop there because that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of the whole point of the because the, yeah. the so, so the part that you mentioned that's the part that just kind of lets you know who the characters are like yeah what, what we're dealing with but the actual story is the thing that you're trying yeah. to talk around i don't know that you can and it's not really a spoiler, I don't think. Yeah, it's just so, kind of. It'd be like saying uh, the spoiler of Endgame is uh, yeah. Captain America's in it. You know, that's not a spoiler. That's yeah, just yeah. What it's about in the aftermath of that, there there is some strife among the gang, and Atsuki goes off on his own, kind of in anger and kind of frustration, and you're not sure what he's doing, but he kind of goes off and he walks across this kind of desolated area that they live in to the suburbs, and he just happens to be standing out of a side of a house when a woman pulls up outside and they have a gated house, they're like much richer, obviously they have a gated, a gated door and she's trying to get the gate open trying to get them to open the gate. And while she's doing it, he just walks out of the rain with a gun and gets in her car. And as she's, he's starting to drive away, he, she tries to stop him and he shoots her. She falls to the ground. He drives away. And when he finally stops on the side of the road, you, he discovers there's a baby in the back seat like a very, very small baby. And that is what really kicks off the story is he has his baby and like, what's going to happen. And it is a very, very interesting movie. And um, wow. I don't really want to say how it rolls out, but I mean, that should be enough right there. That is a situation that is just like classic, dramatic. How's this going to work out? You've got this obviously relatively ruthless gang leader from all appearances. And now he's got this child and what's going to happen. How's he going to deal with that? Sounds like kind of a surprising movie, surprising movie through and through the movie. It's very, does it surprise you? I think it does. And it's very focused. It really sticks with his character. It does um, touch back with the family that the baby's missing from, because obviously this baby now is out there somewhere. No one knows where it is. They just basically got carjacked and it deals with the rest of his gang and kind of, you get to find out more like how he got to where he is and uh, he, the main character, the actor is really, really good because he does. And I'll, I want to get Eric's take on this too, but I feel like what's really interesting about how he performs this, this role is he is doing things that are obviously really easy to hate his character, but 
he acts with such a level of of kind of like fear and vulnerability within also being tough kind of he go he kind of fluctuates that you really get a feel that his character is very conflicted and torn like all the way through and that's what i think makes it more interesting than just either being very sentimental or very tough it's it's really more human than that it's really good as far as setting him up to be a dickhead uh, this is does it quite well in fact the first time he uh leaves the baby alone and comes back and then you see the baby just like ants crawling all over the baby. And it's like, oh god, what a fucking! It's hard to bring a character back from that, but it, yeah. but it it kind of does. And, and the whole time I'm like, why, like why why are you keeping the baby? Get rid of it. You want to get rid of the baby. You need to get rid of the baby. Like the baby does not need to be with you. That kind of unfolds. The the reason why he keeps the baby kind of unfolds in itself, and th- th- this is what Gavin Hood's in his uh, movies that follow. I think this is probably the one that has like the most humanity in it. You know, just uh, an emotional journey, but it also has moments of suspense, which he's really good at, and which he yep. really takes to the next level in his his movies after this. And uh, yeah, th- I mean, th- I, I I believe this is the first movie. This is first feature length so. one. And yeah, this is a this is just a fantastic first movie. And I wanted to point out because you're saying it too. I wanted to point out because we were just the way I was describing it. It makes it sound like it might just be kind of a real, like a you know emotional drama, which it definitely has aspects of that. But like Eric is saying, there's a couple sequences in the third last third of this movie that are very tense, very very tense. And you will not be knowing which way it's going to go. And you will be very worried for characters in that situation. It's all the characters in that situation. So yeah. in that aspect, it's, it's really, really good. Well, that also this movie, what, what it does well is it sets up the characters well enough. I mean, we, we joke about the character development in uh, justice league, but this actually has character development and that you uh, you know, it sets up a scene and you can almost kind of play out in your head of what the scene's going to be, because you know, you know yep. how these characters react to th- certain things and then something happens and you're like oh fuck oh god this is gonna happen and then someone does something that kind of surprises you it's like oh you know and, and it's almost comparable to something like some of the scenes in like say goodfellas or something where by the time you get towards the end of goodfellas you know what joe pesci's character is like versus you know the other characters so when you have those characters together in a certain situation you're like oh shit this guy's going to do this. This guy is, and this guy's stuck between them. So you have that dynamic in this that's very tense and very, very rich. It's really good, I think. Okay, so that is Sotsi, released in 2005, directed by Gavin Hood. All kidding aside, I am a huge fan of X-Men Origins, Wolverine and Ender's Game. And in fairness to Eric Holmes, he's often mentioned how much he really enjoyed Eye in the Sky, directed by Gavin Hood in 2015 and especially the 2019 release, Official Secret, starring Kira Knightley. These are just several of the movies that Gavin Hood has also directed. In 2007, he directed the film Rendition. Hood's next film, as far as it's in pre-production or maybe it's already in post, is this movie called The Test, and it stars John Boyega in, quote, a contained thriller about a behavioral psychologist and an immigrant dealing with a terrorist group in a, quote, authoritarian near future. That sounds like a tense movie. Yes, Eric Holmes, double thumbs up. Well, John Boyega in a Gavin Hood movie. That sounds like, yeah. Sparky, yeah, sounds like a- yeah. Can we just say, can we just give John Boyega like an Oscar, like 
now because you know he's going to get one the next like five years because he's uh, fucking knocking it out of the park. But probably not because he was pretty great in Detroit, and that, that some <laughs> some for some reason that is beyond me. I believe people shit on Detroit when it came out, and since I brought it up, let's talk about how great Detroit is. It's fantastic. Watch it. So good, uh, wow. and he was amazing in um, Small Axe, Red, White, and Blue this year, which uh, some a lot of people didn't see. Uh, he was amazing. He he, that was pretty much a whole movie. It was like a ninety-minute movie almost, and he starred in it. It was amazing. And he and he played Finn Wolfhard in Star Trek movies, so that was pretty good too. And don't forget, attack the block, attack the block. So, <laughs> so basically, more more leading roles for John Boyega. That leading yes. roles, right? Okay, cool. That is the shake. That is the shake of Bruce Perky's. What's in the box? What's in the bleeping box? Bruce. What's in the box? And, and remember, <laughs> before you open what's in the box, just remember, Penny loves you. Penny loves you. Ta-da! Ta-da! Bruce, Penny loves you. So quick, tell us what's in the box. <laughs> if you don't tell us what's in the okay. box, you're going to be thrown in the, that Okay, calm down. I think, I, I don't remember if this is the one, but I think one of these, I think, Greg might have to watch too. I don't know if this is the one. Uh, this is suggested by Brian O'Connell and it is rudderless. Oh yes. I have to say Brian O'Connell. Thank you so much, sir. William H. Macy directed Anton Yelchin. By the way, do you guys know anything about rudderless? Eric Holmes? Just, just what you just said, basically. That's it. Okay. Yeah. There's something very interesting. I'm so glad that Brian O'Connell, thank you so much for just being a member of our cinematic Facebook group since the get go. And he's been trying to get me to see this movie for, for a long time. I do know what this movie is about. So I know all, all the spoiler stuff behind this movie. That said, Eric, you like Anton Yelchin? Do you like Anton Yelchin? I do. I, I will watch this. Oh, Bruce Brooke, you like Anton Yelchin? Love Anton. Okay. I mean, I'm going to definitely try to watch Rudderless next week. It's going to be an interesting conversation towards the end of our final. We are packed next week. Ilya Kazan, Wild River. We have, what else do we have? Oh, we have, um, oh, thank you, Brian O'Connell, by the way. We have The Killing of Two Lovers. The Killing of yes. Two Lovers, Eric Holmes, without saying too much. So far, what do you think? You're, you're going to finish this right after that, we record. That, yeah, yeah. That, that beginning is dynamite, and I hey. cannot wait to see how it turns out. It's killing The Killing of Two Lovers. I hear it's a, a light, fluffy, romantic comedy that puts a smile on your face. Is that uh, correct, Eric Holmes? If, yes? If it, no? It hasn't turned that way so far, but <laughs> we'll, we'll check out the rest of it and see where it turns. But so far, not even close. Okay. The last third is animated, and it's got like. <laughs> We're also going to be doing a Mads Mikkelsen movie. I think it's called like Riders of Justice or something like that. Something that, and then we, I, the last one, the last movie we're going to review next week is this movie whose name I can't pronounce. Bruce, can you say what's what is the name of that movie that we're going to do? It's a horror thriller kind of thing. Jin, the Jin, the Jim. It's oh. called Jim. Jim, the Jim. <laughs> yeah, it could be Jim. We're going to be Jim. working I, out of the Jim. <laughs> it could be the Arnold Schwarzenegger could, story. Yes, it could be. My name's Jim. The D is silent. <laughs> or it could be Jin, which is D-J-I-N-N, the, the Jin. Okay, and then also that Mads movie is called Riders of Justice. A lot of movies to cover. Last thing I wanted to just mention, I've decided for all of our curating, which I haven't done yet because Claire, my lovely niece Claire, she's on her summer break starting in June. So I'm going to do all my, I've started to actually put everything all in one. Bruce Brookie talks about what's in the box. I've decided to put everything in the bo- in my proverbial box 
on deepestdream.com. I'm going to start curating our all of our treasure trove of find your film stuff on that site. Go to deepestdream.com for that stuff. And then Eric Holmes mentioned some, a spoiler episode regarding Sidney Lumet. When we do The Prom Broker and Night Falls on Manhattan, we'll have a separate mini episode that is not going to be part of the feed. You're going to have to go to the site to actually check out our 20-minute conversation, spoiler-driven conversation on both movies. Bruce Perky, any final thoughts before we go? Um, if you haven't heard enough of me, next week I will make a small guest vocal appearance on Middle Class Film Class as they discuss Return of the Living Dead. Okay. By the way, those guys at Middle Class Film Class, Peter Beta, I, I really, I, I, love the, I love that podcast. I don't like to listen to them. But you know why? Because their sound mixing is way better than I can ever imagine. I don't know. They probably use a roadcaster or they're so, they're in person, not like us. We're all, we're so far away, like that song goes. Can we say that if, whatever we had to say about Under Gods, if you are a Frank Sinatra fan, Bruce, can we? Oh, can, yeah. <laughs> yes? Yeah? It is. It's a... Yeah, the, the, Bruce Bruce pointed out to me, so I'll, I'll let him say that. But it's, uh, would you say that this that under or- gods might want to rule the world? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. under, wait, so if you have a choice, Bruce, under gods or Tesla, if you had to watch that one more time, what do you? I say? would watch under gods five more times than watch Tesla once more. Eric Holmes. Yeah, that's it. Same. I, with Under Gods, I feel that I missed something with Tesla. I got it. It just wasn't good. I wished I'd missed something with Tesla. Well, welcome to your life, Eric Holmes. You're going to close out the show. What do you have to say about yourself and find your thing? Find your film. Anything? Um, say it. Hey, hey uh, uh, hit me up at hamslime at gmail.com. Want to get everyone's names on things. Uh, we'll probably do another entertainment art uh, gift card giveaway and might have something in store for next year uh, for uh, regarding the whole cinematics family. So uh, well, there'll be more on that. We got, we got plenty of time, but we're going to be working on some stuff. We're going to be definitely working on stuff, some stuff hit us up, hit up me, Eric Holmes, Bruce Perky in our very socials. And thank you guys so much for listening to find your film. We're going to be back next week for the killing of two lovers. And of course that wonderful Sydney Lumet director spotlight. Take care, everyone.